1: Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: It's your handy-dandy bullpen pitcher. That's right. He's back. Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener, how are you? Haven't spoken to you all in a couple months now. Things good, family's nice, good to <laughs> good to hear all right, folks, as I say always, they tell you in the radio business, and you know whenever they tell you not to do something in the radio business, I do it anyway, just because I hate rules and stuff. They say, don't tell the audience what you're going to talk about because if you don't get to it, they may get disappointed too bad. Here's what I want to get to today, and I just threw all my plans out because I tweeted something before I got on the air that. Just got my goat, so we're going to talk about that first. And it's Bloomberg's new healthcare rationing idea. You may have missed this. I discussed it a little bit earlier on my show. I want to get to that. I want to get to the presidential field on the Democrat side, but I want to explain it from a different angle—the Dan Bongino angle, my three-lane theory of presidential politics. You're not going to want to miss this one. There are three lanes in every race, and this is why the Democrats are in a world of trouble. I'm not saying they can't win. I don't think they will, but I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying. I think they're in trouble. I want to get to that. And, and, the coup de grace, the big moment in today's show, which you will not want to miss, I will cover some Spygate developments, courtesy of Mike Flynn's excellent attorney, Sidney Powell, yesterday, that are going to nuke your bagels. Not bake them. They're not going to bake your bagels. They're going to nuke your bagels. Nuke them. Because it's that mind blowing so yes, I don't care what you need to do. Take your car with you, you know. Take your car radio out with you. Carry a boombox. Don't miss a moment of the show. You can probably make it real simple and just you listen on this serious or Mark Levin show app or whatever it is. You don't have to carry the boombox. So let's get right to it. First on Bloomberg. So some of you may have missed it. So Nanny Bloomberg, former mayor of New York City, who's been a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent. Anything else, Mr. Producer? Am I missing anything? Has he been a communist, a green? a What else? Is there anything else? Am I missing something? He's checked just about every political box in the book, uh, Bloomberg. So he, there's this video of him. It's on my Twitter out there. I'm at the Bongino. And there's this video of him talking to this small group of voters. Forgive me, I don't know where it was, but it's no one's disputing the authenticity of the video. And he starts talking about health care. <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding. Mr. Producer, I'm not kidding. He goes full Barack Obama. Do you guys remember, and ladies out there, remember Barack Obama, the Take the Pill line? Remember that? Rich, come on. You gotta remember it. Remember to take the pill? Grandma comes in the hospital. Take the pill. You gotta give her the pill. Oh, give her give her the pain pill. Remember that, folks? Don't care for grandma. Don't do any care for just give her the pain pill. Remember that one from Obama, that, that gem? So grandma, who probably grew up in one of the toughest, roughest generations around, who your flat-screen TV, cell phone, and your fine wines and food you have on your table today because of your grandmother and grandfather that fought in World War II and built this country, don't worry about giving them the hip replacement, according to Obama. Just give them the pill and let them go home and die. Remember that gem from Obama? Bloomberg is gone. Full Barack Obama take the pill. He's talking to the small group of voters, and he says to them, I'm not messing with you. He says... You know, you walk into the hospital and have Bloomberg. I do a terrible, I do a good Bernie. Millionaires and billionaires. I don't do a good Bloomberg. I'm very sorry. I'm not good at imitations. I'm not like Rich Little. Bernie, I just do well because I'm from New York. And Bernie has that millionaires and billionaires thing, which I've heard my entire life. So Bloomberg's talking to scuba of voters. And he says, oh, you, you go into the hospital and then you're 95 years old. And, and you walk in and you have prostate cancer. And, you know, there's no cure for it, so we send you home, and we say, you know, you've had a nice life. What, 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 why? Wait, wait. Oh. The, hit the 15-second back button on, on the Marco Levin Show app. Did I just say that right? Yes, I did. That Bloomberg actually says that. So you're 95, you have prostate cancer, because there's no cure. There's no cure for a lot of things. doesn't mean it can't be treated. You know, there's no cure for the flu either, but you can take Tamiflu. I know that because I just got over that in my family. The flu really sucks, by the way. Just a side note there. So he tells, he says to this group, No, no, you just send a 95-year-old home. Tell him you've had a nice life. There's no cure. This is a, how this thing has not gone viral yet, I don't know, I'm hoping... Leveraging the fantastic Mark Levin audience who is the most loyal in radio. You are. Mark's audience, you all are amazing. I'm not kidding. I've told Mark this personally. I am not kidding. I am I am Mark is a good friend and I love him to death. And I love Mark, but I am slightly envious of how loyal of an audience you love Mark. He is the greatest. So do I. I'm part of his audience. I'm hoping you can make this go viral. Ninety five years old, you had a good life, just go home and just kick off. And, prefer- and preferably don't make a big scene. If you're going to die, just be quiet about it. Now, I wasn't going to talk about this on the show. I was going to talk about the three-lane theory and some spygate stuff that should have been front-page news, but of course isn't. It's only the scandal of the century. Why cover that stuff? It reflects bad on Democrats. But this really pisses me off. Can I say that, Mr. Producer? Is that okay? Um, okay, good. You did not have to, like, beat me out of that. Yeah, it kind of, me off. Wow, breaking news. Rich Grinnell expected to be named new DNI breaking on Fox Now. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, Rich Grinnell, ambassador of Germany. Good man. That just broke. Expected to be named new DNI on Fox Now, director of national intelligence. Interesting. All right, I'll keep you updated. But getting back to my story. Folks, think about what he just said. And I made an analogy earlier today. I want to reiterate again to show you how serious. What Bloomberg said and what Obama said about take the pill, and Bloomberg, if you're 95 and get prostate cancer, will basically send you home to die. I want the liberals listening because I know Mark has a significant number of liberals who listen to his show. I know he does, because his audience is too big not to. Because liberals have a tough time processing information, facts, and data. I want to pull it out of the emotional healthcare realm for a second, because liberals always conflate emotion with fact. They're not the same thing. I want, to conf- I, I want to take that out, and I want to make, give you an analogy of what Bloomberg said in a different services arena, not healthcare, to show you how outrageous what Bloomberg said. If you're 95 and get prostate cancer, basically you go home and die. You had a good life. I want to show you how ridiculous this is. Now, liberals, put your thinking caps on for a moment. I know this is hard. You know you're largely immune to facts and data, but give it a shot for a moment. Can you imagine if I were to say to you, debating a liberal, I'll tell you what, you're 95, you've been falsely accused of a crime, you're entitled to legal protection constitutionally, but you're 95, you've led a good life. Legal protection is expensive, is it not? It's almost as expensive as health care. Lawyers are not cheap. Good lawyers are even more expensive than doctors at times. So to be fair to ration services because it's expensive, like Bloomberg's saying about healthcare, right? We're not going to give you an attorney. We'd rather we'd rather use that attorney's valuable services on someone younger because you've you're ninety five and led a good life. Imagine that. Now you're listening, and if you're a liberal, you're probably saying, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Is it? Is it really ridiculous, or are you ridiculous? Because I want you to think about this for a moment. I know that's hard, but try. The penalty for doing what you did with the doctor's services, his valuable time or her valuable time, the doctor, and withholding them from a 95-year-old because you're a communist rationer and not a free market capitalist, the penalty for that person is what? Death. Death. That's right, death. You'd be dead. D-E-A-D. Or in Joe Biden language, D-E-E-A-D-D-D-E-R-X-T-Y. Joe Biden can never spell anything. I'm not kidding. The penalty is you die. It's the most severe penalty possible. But making this ridiculous argument about legal services, this analogy I'm making... Which you probably think is ridiculous, is actually less severe than what you're proposing. If we withhold legal services from someone falsely accused of a crime, what's the worst that can happen to them? They go to jail. Mr. Producer, horrible, right? Terrible. No doubt. Nobody's disputing that. He's nodding his head. Actually, I don't know what he's doing because I can't see him. But I'm assuming he's nodding his head. Is that right? The is horrible. You find yourself in jail. But at least you're not dead. So explain to me again how ridiculous my analogy is. You want to withhold medical services. Nanny Bloomberg and you healthcare rationing democratic socialists, there's no such thing, by the way, and communists out there. You want to ration services to people willing to pay for them. You want to withhold them. But when I mention any other service, you recoil in horror and go, oh, my gosh, we can't do that. We'd rather kill them instead. Please, I'm not kidding. and by the way, if you'd like to call in, liberals, we always keep a line open, 877-381-3811. I had to double check because it's been a while. You don't want to give out the wrong number. That could be really – bark has millions at lists. Can you imagine that? You give out the wrong number, some poor slob's phone's ringing off the hook all day? <laughs> you'd have to <laughs> – Mr. Producer, you'd have to bleep that one out. You would. You'd have to bleep it out. We'd have, have to cut Dan. He gave the wrong number. 877-381-3811. That is the right number. Or as Mark says in that liner, for liberals, it's a different line. 877-381-3811. Yeah. <laughs> liberals probably don't get the joke. But yeah, you can call that number. They both work. And I'll happily think, and tell me where my analogy is ridiculous. You want to kill people to institute your ideology. Literally. Bloomberg said it, not me. By withholding uh, 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 medical services. But when you analogize it to legal services, oh my gosh, we can't do that. No, you can and you would Because you're willing to do the worst thing of all. Let them die. All right, I gotta take a break. That took a little bit of a turn there because I wasn't gonna talk about that. But it's on my mind so much. I'm sorry, I had to get it off my... uh, Get off my plate, or else I would have been thinking about it the whole show. All right, I'm Dan Bongino, info Mark Levin, 877 381 If you want to give us a call, on the other side of this break, I'll get into my three lane theory of presidential politics and why the Democrats are in big, big trouble. We'll be here back. Mark
1: Levin.
0: You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K through 12 charter schools, it's helping to found coast to coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College too. Go to Levin for Hillsdale.com.
2: Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in great one. By the way, you don't want to miss Mark interview. You don't want to miss that. Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. New time for the past few weeks, 8 p.m. He's going to have a fantastic interview. He's interviewing, I believe, it's uh, Netanyahu, right? This is going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss that, so be sure to tune in. All right, I told you i get to my three-lane theory. My three lanes on presidential elections, how it works. It's almost every modern presidential election has had these three lanes. What are they? And why are the Democrats in a world of trouble right now? I'm not predicting they're going to, I don't do predictions anymore. I'm trying to get away from that. I'm just telling you, I think they're in a world of trouble. I'm a conservative. It's not a mystery. I'm not even remotely trying to be objective. I'm just trying to tell you facts. You take them for what they're worth. Every presidential election. Has these three lanes, these national elections that, that get universal press coverage. What are the three lanes? You have the establishment kind of safe pick guy, you know, the, the Mittens Romney election. Oh, let's go with Romney. He's the safe guy. Look where that got us. Now we're stuck with this guy in Utah. So you have the establishment safe pick, right? And you have kind of the radical ideological pick, you know, in every election. By radical, I don't mean it in a negative way. I just mean they're not necessarily what the mainstream of the party or the safe pick with the person they would go with. You kind of the Pat Buchanan, Bernie Sanders now, more on the Democrats in a second. But let's get to the lanes first. And then in most elections, you'll also see an outsider lane. An outsider who comes in, very little political experience, and makes the fact that he or she has no political experience a hallmark of their very campaign. Think like the Herman Cain type, or who else? Come on, uh, Mr. Producer, help me out. Ran in 2016, billionaire real estate guy. Uh, that, that Donald Trump. Death. Thank you. I gosh, I forgot totally. Yeah, the outsider lane, that kind of thing. So you have these three lanes in every election. Here's the problem with the Democrats, both collectively, parties speaking about the party collectively, and within the lanes in and of themselves. The problem is this. The Democrats have not decided, or a majority of them, what lane they actually want. Ah! Ah! You dig? This is a big problem. In other words, there's no clear front runner here. First, they wanted an outsider, you know, oh, Bernie. And then it went to Biden when Biden got in. Oh, no, let's go with the safe guy. And then Biden floundered all over the place. And they were like, ah, oh, maybe we should go with the outsider guy again. Uh, excuse me. Bernie's the radical guy. Maybe the outsider. Let's go with this bootage edge guy. And then it was like, Oh, let's go with the radical guy, Beto, and they were all over the place. They don't know what they want. Warren was the front runner. Bernie's the front runner now. Buttigieg was the front runner. Biden was the front runner. There's front runners upon front runners. You're not really a front runner if you're not running in the front. Let me contrast that with the 2016 election, where the Republican Party was pretty fed up with the nonsense in its own party. You know, I, listen, I'm a conservative, but the Republican Party, sadly, most of them have largely abandoned us. There's no fiscal discipline, any of that. They've largely thrown most of our principles out the window. The Republican Party decided in the 2016 election, collectively, a majority of them, that they wanted an outsider. And that's how we got Donald Trump. Didn't happen right away. But we got him. The Democrats have not decided which lane they want yet. And I'm not sure they're going to decide. Now, that's a big problem. Because if most of the Democrats agree they want a safe pick, and it's Biden, and then Bernie Sanders presents himself, that's the exact opposite of what you want a safe pick, because Bernie Sanders ain't safe. I can tell you right now. There ain't a chance in Hades he's the safe pick. They have not yet decided what lane. All right, when we come back on the other side of this break, I'm going to get to the other problem here. They haven't decided on the lane. There's even chaos within the lanes themselves. They're in a lot of trouble, folks. 877-381-3811 if you want to join the show. I'm Dan Bungino.
0: You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission— Since 1844, I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through 12 charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com.
1: a proud conservative no ifs, ands or buts call in at 877-381-3811
2: alright, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show, Dan Bongino Info So let me get back to this right away right away we got the three lane theory of presidential elections right, every presidential election you see an outsider candidate an establishment candidate And a radical, ideological candidate. You see, whether they swim or sink is obviously up to the voters. But whether they win or lose depends on what the current tides are at the time. The Republican Party in 2016 wanted an outsider. Not everyone, but enough people, a majority of people, to get through the primary where they picked an outsider, Donald J. Trump, who then went on to win the presidency, shocking everyone. The problem the Democrats are having now is, again, they don't know what lane they want. Even they're confused. There's a large swath of the Democrat Party. I'm not calling them the Democratic Party because they're not Democratic. There's a large swath of the Democrat Party that, on one hand, says, I hate Trump so much, I will vote for a flawed, awful candidate like Joe Biden super creepy sloppy joe who can't even spell it's a three-letter word jobs j-o-b-s it's actually four letters but whatevs i will vote for flawed the corrupt biden family just because i hate trump no matter what there's a large swath of the party that says that there's another swath of the party that says nope I want full-blown socialism, rationing, healthcare rationing, the destruction of our education system and our economy in the United States because I don't know anything and I've never read a history book. Uh, so I want Bernie Sanders and I'm not going to accept Joe or Bloomberg or anybody else. The outsider lane supporting Buttigieg and others are like, well, I want someone totally new. Buttigieg hasn't been corrupted, hasn't been corrupted by the dc party machine so i want an outsider like Buttigieg. He's like the barack obama type guy who wasn't an outsider either but they can't decide and the problem with not being able to decide in a critical election for the democrats like this is some of these people see things in a completely separate way and will never agree i cannot envision the bernie bros if this thing is stolen from Bernie Sanders again, who's a total fraud, by the way? I'm not going to be one of these guys who defends Bernie's authentic. <laughs> That's hilarious. Bernie's authentic. I'll get to that later. Bernie's the most inauthentic fraud in the whole campaign. I don't see any scenario, though, where the Bernie bros, if this is stolen from him again, vote for the so-called safe pick, Biden, Bloomberg, or anyone else. Because Bernie's been, it's the billionaires. we got to get rid of the billionaire. They are the billionaire. He's been saying this. How do you go vote for a billionaire in Bloomberg then? How do you do that? You may say, well, they're not going to vote for the billionaire in Trump. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. They haven't decided on a lane. So that's big problem number one. The second problem the only way to win that lane and to win an election is to come off somewhat authentic to the message relayed by that lane. I don't want to overly complicate things. What I'm trying to say is if you're going to be the radical ideological pick, then you damn well better stick to that lane in the primary. You better be a Tea Party conservative who's fiscally conservative, and you better be legit. Or if you're a Democrat, sadly at this point, you better be a full-blown communist. Warren tried to be a half-communist like she tried to be a half-Indian. And that didn't work out for her. Because if you're going to marry up with a brand, I'm the radical, then you damn well better be a radical. If you're going to be the safe establishment pick, then you damn well better be safe. And what's the problem with the two air quotes here, dreaded air quotes? We all hate them. What's the problem with the safe pick in this election? For the Democrats, they're not safe. Biden doesn't even know what state he's in. His son is involved in this enormous corrupt endeavor in Ukraine, which I've covered extensively in my books and elsewhere. Mark's covered on his show. John Solomon's done tremendous work on before the Hill threw him under the bus, and one of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen. Bob Cusack over there should be embarrassed, but that's a whole other story. Hopefully, I'll get to that today during the show, too. Biden's not safe, folks. He can't even remember his own name sometimes. He's like, it's great to be back in Iowa, sir, we're in Idaho. I mean, Idaho, it's good to be back in Vermont, sir, we're in Texas. I mean, Texas, he doesn't know where he is. Folks, it's sad to watch. I'm not even kidding. Like, it's sad to watch. This guy could have exited stage left, Joe Biden. Not on our side. I mean, we're actually serious about our politicians, but on their side, the Democrat side, some kind of hero and icon, Barack Obama's vice president. Instead, he comes back and see he's a broken man. He's broken. He's not the safe pick. So, if you're going to be the safe pick, you better be married to that label. Now, what's the problem there in that safe lane too? The backup plan, safe pick, which shouldn't, which is almost antithetical, right? How can you be a safe pick if you need a backup plan? Uh, you get you dig? The problem is they're already thinking of a backup plan because a safe pick isn't safe, and the backup plan is Nanny Bloomberg. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what's the problem in the safe pick lane with backup plan bullpen pitcher Nanny Bloomberg? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the problem with Nanny... Is he violates every core tenet of the modern Democratic Party? Oh, I just said it. The Undemocratic Party. What have they been telling us for years now? Wealth accumulation, capitalism. Oh, my, we can't have that. You evil business owners that hire people and, you know, feed people if you own farms and cure people if you own, uh, Hospitals or, or medical device companies or pharmacology companies, whatever they may be, you're the problem. You billionaires and millionaires, you obnoxious snobs. Bloomberg's one of them. Hey, folks, folks, Bloomberg's not a one percenter. Bloomberg is a zero, Mr. Producer, what do you think? Zero, 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 zero one percenter? I'm just checking. Can you do the math on that? Just check it. I think there's seven zeros. Maybe eight. (laughs) One percenter. He's the one percent of the zero zero one percenters. The dude is worth $64 billion. Do you know how much money that is? Do you have any idea how much money that is? That is hundreds of thousands of thousands. You could spend thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of times and still have oodles of Scrooge McDuck money left over. Ducktails. ooh. Remember that? Scrooge swimming in the money. That's Nanny. That's Nanny Bloomberg, who goes after big gulps and straws and sodas and watch your guns, too. That's Nanny. $64 billion. Hey, great. I'm a capitalist. Good for you, brother. Good for you. I'm glad you made 64000000000 billion. I'm not being a smart... Mm, rhymes with glass here. I'm not. I'm a capitalist. You created a financial services information company. Great. Good for you. Congrats, strawberry shortcake with some cherries on top and a couple candles. We'll bring you a cake, a little celebration. Great, nice work. But that's not the modern Democrats. The Democrats are all about business is evil. Businesses are evil. Wealth accumulation is evil. Socialism is great. Central planners are great. You don't pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Have you seen my tax bill? I'm not even worth one one one-thousandth of what Bloomberg is worth. Believe me, I do okay. I ain't even in Bloomberg's ballpark. And my tax bill is ridiculous. You might as well flush that money down the toilet. But this is the left. How are you going to vote in the safe lane for a guy who is the evil zero 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 zero? Do you fact check check that, Mr. Bruce? It was seven zeros, right? Okay, thank you. Just check. He's right. I was right. He's the zero 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 one percent. How are you gonna vote for him now? He's what you've been telling us about his evil. Not only that, back up safe pick, which again is antithetical to being the safe pick at all, which exacerbates your safe pick lane problem. Deep breath, Stan. I get excited talking about this. Cause I get P.O.'d about it. Cause Democrats are such suckers. Billionaires are evil. <laughs> this is your guy, Nanny. Nanny going against millionaire Bernie Sanders, who's worth 2.5 million. He's a one percenter too. Oh, you didn't know that? He's authentic. Oh yeah. What a sucker. You got suckered by that? Loser. Sorry. What a dope. You thought Bernie was one of you? He's worth millions of dollars. You know that? He's worth millions. I don't like those millionaires. What about you, Bernie? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other millionaires, not me. Come on, guy. You think the rules apply to me, too? I'm Bernie. What a sucker. You fell for this guy? I feel sorry for you. I'm not kidding. But back to Bloomberg being the safe pick. So he's a billionaire. You can't vote for a billionaire if you're a socialist. right? What have the Democrats also been lecturing us about? Oh, money and politics. The pernicious influence of money in politics. It's corrupting our political process. L- ladies and gentlemen, please hold the potatoes at dinner. I can't take it anymore. Are you serious? If you're a liberal who's going to turn around and vote for Bloomberg, and you dare open your soup cooler again one more time about money and politics, I am going to openly laugh at you if I see it on Twitter. Money in politics, Bloomberg has spent literally, not figuratively, and I hate the word literally. It is literally the most overused word in the English language, and it's always used wrong. In this case, it's being used right. He has literally spent millions of dollars buying political influence all over the country to influence politics, Bloomberg. You, you, you just told us you don't like billionaires and money in politics, and you're going to vote for a billionaire who does nothing but spend money in politics to gain influence outside of his business ventures? That's what he does. Oh, lecture me again about how you all take the moral high road. One more problem about Nanny Bloomberg. Why the safe lane is in trouble. The left loves identity politics, folks. They love it. Anybody they oppose who says anything Anything remotely out of line, you will be immediately called a racist. If you are a conservative and haven't been called a racist, misogynist, uh, phobophobic, istophobic, phobophobe, whatever, any word with an ist at the end, you're not a conservative because they will call everybody that. You've got Bloomberg on tape talking about minority kids when he's the mayor of New York throwing them up against the wall. Oh, boy. Big, big trouble. All right, I got to take a break. If you want to give us a call, 877 381 3811. 877 381
0: 3811. More on this when I get back. I'm Dan Bongino, Info Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes learning, character, faith, and freedom have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide, for example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K through 12 charter schools it's helping to found coast to coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com.
2: Back to the Mark Levin show, Dan Bongino, for the group. So I've been telling you about my three-lane theory, right? Outsider, every presidential election. You got the outsider, you got the safe pick, and you got the radical pick, right? All these lanes are falling apart at the same time for the Democrats. The safe picks aren't safe, Bloomberg and Biden. The radical pick is a socialist fraud, Bernie Sanders. The guy's a fraud. I'm going to get to that in a second, but just quickly on the outsider pick and why the Democrats are in a world of trouble. The outsider pick is no outsider at all. The outsider pick is Pete Buttigieg. This dude's no outsider. This guy's run for every position in Indiana. He's the mayor of South Bend, and the guy is a focus group living in his living room. Did you ever notice he never says a word, a syllable, an utterance, or a sentence that doesn't sound like it came from a Democrat focus group? I have never in my life seen a guy, politician, nah, I take that back, maybe Obama, but a close second, Buttigieg, who says so much while simultaneously saying nothing at all. Nothing. Zero. Listen to this guy's answers. It's like he wakes up in the morning. There's a focus group waiting for him in his living room. He sits down with a cup of chock full of nuts, whatever coffee he drinks, maybe Sanko, who the heck knows, right? Dunkin' Donuts. Sits there, he's sipping his coffee. And he's looking around with the focus group and he says, so I think I'm going to get a question today about gun rights. Here's the way we answer that. We're going to open up by how we love the Constitution and the Second Amendment. Yes, that sounds good that'll appeal to the republicans and the conservatives then we're gonna say how weapons of war are bad okay that sounds good that'll appeal to the liberals who don't know what weapons of war actually mean and then we're gonna talk about how human life is valuable that will appeal to independence and everyone that's great then it's like buddha says to the focus group okay but are we going to make a policy prescription in there No, no, we're not going to do that, Pete. We're just going to talk for a long time about those things and just pretend we're saying something. And Buttigieg, sipping his coffee, goes, Yeah, okay, that makes sense. This guy never says anything. Ever. Ever. He never says anything. He's not an outsider. He doesn't talk like an outsider. Because he's not. Now. The left missed this phenomenon with Donald Trump. They said, oh my gosh, he's so brash. He says things politicians don't say. Yeah, I got a gavel here. Exactly. That's the point. The verdict is in. You missed the boat. Head, hand, over your head. That was the whole point. The Republicans wanted an outsider. Trump didn't talk like an outsider, filled the outsider lane, and won. Buttigieg is trying to be the outsider, yet he talks like an insider, and he's really an insider, not an outsider. Big, big trouble for Buttigieg. He never says anything. Ever. You may not like what Trump said, but Trump said it. Now, we come back to the other side. Before I get to. I promise is going to nuke your bagels. It's not going to bake your bagels. It's going to nuke them. I want to get to Bernie. Because I know a lot of you out there are still under the mistaken belief that Bernie's the authentic one. He's the real radical. He's a class one fraud. End this story. I'm there, buddy. you later.
1: here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: No, no, you haven't made contact with your leader. <laughs> but you have made contact with Dan Vito bullpen pitcher for the great one Mark Levin again don't miss his show Sunday on Fox 8 p.m. Eastern Time Life Levin he's going to be in uh, Netanyahu this week that's going to be just outstanding as we always expect Mark's show is just
0: fantastic I don't
2: say that because he's a friend I say that because it is fantastic and you don't want to miss it set your DVRs now. alright listen get back to this folks this three lane theory I have every presidential election you got an outsider pick you got a safe pick And you got a radical pick. The Democrats have phonies leading all of those lanes. Biden's not safe. Bloomberg's not a safe pick. Bernie's a fraud. And Buttigieg is no outsider. But let's get into Bernie a little bit. I'm getting a little bit tired. I'm actually tired of getting a little bit tired of hearing people on TV, even from our side of the aisle, say, well, you know what? I may have even said this a long time ago. If I have, forgive me. I take it back fully. I'm not sure I did. But if I did... I retract it fully. You hear people say, well, Bernie, at least he's authentic. No. No, he's not authentic. Bernie is a tier one, grade A, fraudster. Authentic? He's the biggest fraud in the race. With his millionaire, billionaire routine, you're The cause of all your problems, the billionaires. Uh, I, I, someone said to me, um, it's that guy that that plays them on Saturday Night Live. Like, have you ever seen the two of them in the same spot? They may be the same person. It may be an impersonator that's really Bernie, and that's why they're so good. He's a fraud. Listen, to the Bernie bros listening to the show, I get it. You want change. You want to, like, uh, what is, is that? Rage against the machine. You know, you want to, like, I get it. You want, you know. Some graping, festering, neon distraction. Was that tool or some? You want to wash it all away? I get it. You've listened to too much, uh, music when you're, you're a radical. You want to change things? Great. I personally think freedom and liberty is a sexy thing to fight for. If you think totalitarianism and socialism is, you do you, I'll do me, whatevs. But you're way, way off base if you think Bernie Sanders is authentic. He has spent his entire life railing. Screaming and whining like a child against wealth accumulation, evil millionaires and billionaires, capitalism, advocating openly for socialism in many cases, as I showed on my show earlier, a clip, advocating openly for the Soviet Union. They're wonderful. I went over there. They have puppet shows. I'm not kidding. I played the clip earlier. They have puppets and transportation stations, and they're really clean. Have you not been to a communist country? That's what they do in their central districts to show off to people. They get slave labor to go in. If you don't build their train stations to make them clean, they kill you. And then they have actors and people act for people and put on these plays. Again, if you don't do the acting, dance, dance, they'll shoot you and kill you. You don't know how communism works. But it was a great show. They had puppets. They had puppets. He's on a clip years ago talking about how he loves the Soviet Union because they had great plays and puppet shows. I'm not kidding. I'm not messing with you. The clip is out there. Celebrating communism, the confiscation of wealth by central planners, demonizing capitalism, howling about the evils of millionaires and billionaires, and this phony fraud is a private jet-taking millionaire himself. Himself. But worse than Bloomberg, because at least Bloomberg created a service people pay for. Again, I think Bloomberg's a fraud because he's running and this new socialist Democrat party as a billionaire himself. At least Bloomberg actually created a service people want and were willing to pay for. Bernie Sanders got rich out of being a government employee paid for by you. That's right. Even Bernie Sanders' book deals, were, that made him millions of dollars. There have been reports out there that Bernie Sanders' campaign bought a bunch of his books. Bulk sales. You know, the bulk sales the New York Times always con- uh, con- uh, con- excuse me accuses conservative authors of doing? They did that to me. I have no bulk sales. None. I can tell you that conclusively. But the New York Times does that to conservatives. That's a whole other show. Bernie Sanders actually did that got rich off his campaign and people in these reports I read about people buying his books and handing them out. Bernie Sanders got rich out of being Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has never created anything but pain and drama for people through his advocation for socialism, a system of governing which has killed and tortured hundreds of millions of people throughout human history. While being a millionaire himself, He is a fraud. So I'm sorry. I get it, Bernie bros. You listen to a lot of Tool and Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine stuff growing up. You're now 30. Some of you have a job. Many of you probably don't. I get it. It sounds really cool. Oh, man, college is going to be free. Who are you kidding? You're not going back to college anyway. I get a universal basic income? My healthcare is going to be free? No, silly. Crack an Econ 101 textbook. Nothing's free. What do you mean free? What, like the doctors are going to work for what? Indentured servitude uh, wages? No, someone's going to pay. I thought you said it was free. It ain't free. You're just going to pay with your tax dollars. You're going to pay what you would have paid for healthcare, whether you used it or not. Nothing's free? What are you, a child? Free. How is it free? The doctors aren't going to work for free. The building isn't free. The labor to build the hospital isn't free. The bricks and mortar to build the hospital aren't free. So what's free? Everything costs money. Where's the money come from? Oh, it comes from the taxpayers. The taxpayers, you. Oh, so it's not free. No, it's not free, knuckleheads. This guy is a golden calf. He's a false God. He is not your Messiah. He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He is a rich millionaire worth hundreds of times what the average American family makes in a year while telling you your forty and $50,000 salary has to be turned over to him to pay for the things he's simultaneously telling you are free. Folks, please, to the Bernie bros out there, wake up. If you're really into socialism because you just haven't read a textbook and you think you know better, there's nothing this show or anything I say is going to do to change your mind. You've committed to ignorance, and ignorance is your religion. And it's a powerful religion. You're, You're not willing to take on the suffering of knowledge. And that's okay, but you're cursed to ignorance. I want to get to a call here in a minute. But I just want to, you ever read The Natural by Bernard Maliman? You probably saw the movie, but the book is really good. There's a great line in there. It says, we all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. The real path to happiness is through suffering. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, knowledge, true knowledge is suffering. Because you find out that the world isn't easy. There's no unicorns, there's nothing free, everything requires blood, sweat, and tears to get, resources are scarce, time is scarce, and the world is a cold, hard place sometimes. But at least when you know that and you have that knowledge, and you're willing to take on the suffering of knowledge, you're willing to try to fix it and make marginal improvements each and every day. To lessen that suffering just a little bit for everyone else. You're not willing to do that if you're a Bernie bro. Oh, we got a Bernie bro on the phone? K- KSFO, where well, it couldn't be Bernie bro. Let's hear what you have to say. Kenny from Santa Rosa, California. First caller of the day. Always love to start off with someone who's on the other side of the aisle. What do you got to say? You think Bernie's real? That's kind of hysterical, but go ahead.
1: Uh, you, you called him a totalitarian, which is totally off base. He is absolutely not a totalitarian. And as far as He's... him being authentic,
2: that, okay, um, why is he not? No, no, before, he's a fraud. I'm not even going to get to the authentic because you, you can't do math. But why is he not a totalitarian?
1: When has he ever advocated for that? He's always advocated. Um, okay, for I
2: modern. want you to go to my show and listen today to Bernie Sanders himself talking about the wonders of the Soviet Union, the marvels of their central planning system. You know, the same totalitarian system that wiped out millions of people and put them in gulags, that system. Kenny, have you ever cracked a history book? Just check it when do you know what the soviet oh, let me start easier questions because this may be hard for you you're clearly not that bright have you ever heard of the soviet union first that's 30 okay the answer is no you haven't heard of the soviet okay get to your second point about how he's really authentic
1: he released his tax returns like every president has since 1974 oh okay
2: person- okay this is great folks this is why i love what liberals call because no one makes liberals look dumber than liberals to get this guy off the phone goodbye No one makes liberals look dumber than liberals themselves when they call. So now it's not a matter of Bernie for decades telling us the evils of being a millionaire or a billionaire. None of that matters. It's that he released his tax returns, which, by the way, he always has an excuse this year he's not releasing his tax returns according to the schedule, right? He released his tax returns, even if he did, and because he makes millions and rails against millionaires, it's okay because he released his tax returns. Dan Bongino, Good Libs, I, that's why we always leave a line open. Mr. Call Screener, is this not why we do this? I don't get to fill it often, but when I do, <laughs> sounds like a commercial, right? This is why I love when liberals call in. And I get it. Some of you will tweet me. Let them talk. I, I can't. They say so many, I'm not even kidding. They say so many dumb things. If you don't stop them after the first dumb thing, they'll give you 15 more dumb things and you'll forget to counter the first dumb thing. The first words out of Kenny's mouth were, he is a total, he's not a totalitarian. Have you ever actually listened to what Bernie said about totalitarian systems? Of course you had. You don't know what you're talking about. And then point number two is, he's not a phony because he released his tax returns proving he's a phony. And he's, <laughs> This is great. This is awesome. I'm talking to my camera like I'm on TV. I do this Mark show from the same studio I do Fox on. I'm looking at the camera like I'm talking to you at home. I'm actually waving to it, too. <laughs> Mr. Call Screener. Best man love you, man. That uh, got. <laughs> you guys are great. This is great. You could not have said... I know I got to take a break. Okay. But that... Uh, we may have to get Kenny back later in the show. All right. <laughs> uh, Seriously, we may have to give him his own segment. This is too much fun. Nobody discredits liberals better than liberals themselves. All right, we get back. I want to get to some Spygate stuff because there's a filing by Mike Winslow that's going to blow your mind. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Show, Bunch, yeah, I know. I get it. I listen to all your feedback, and I assume some of you wanted me to keep caller Kenny on the phone, liberal caller. But I, you know, like I said, I just can't. I can't take liberalism. They can't. They just don't think coherently. It's like they live in bizarro Superman world. They live in a world where everything is backwards. That caller before, for those of you who missed it, called in to defend Bernie, claiming he was authentic. Kenny from KSFO which is out in the west coast and was unbelievably making the claim that bernie's not a fraud bernie's the real deal because he released his tax returns showing he's a millionaire what wait what what like on what planet does that not make you a fraud i don't like millionaires but i'm a millionaire you're a fraud you're a phony he's a total fake but to liberals that makes sense I don't get it, like, to the Bernie bros. Like Seriously, like, what planet are you from where that's the genuine article? That's your definition of an authentic person, someone who complains constantly about the evils of being a millionaire or a billionaire, but who is one themselves? What does the guy have, three houses? I, I'm, I'm just curious for the fact-checkers out there. I know Bernie has more than one home. I'm not sure if it's two or if it's three. I'm not being sarcastic. Ladies and gents, I'm being legitimate. I know he has more than one home. I'm just not sure if it's two or three homes. How many of you have that? Seriously, how many of you have two or three homes? How many of you have one home? Bernie does, but Bernie's in it for the little guy. Socialism for uh, for thee, but not for me. He's a fake. He's a phony. Alright, here's what i want to get to now, because this is huge. This is really like big-time stuff that's, of course, ignored by the mainstream media because it conflicts with their fake news story of the century that Spygate is a hoax and collusion was real. So most of you know Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who was being uh, falsely prosecuted for lying to the FBI when the FBI themselves said Flynn didn't lie. Flynn has since rescinded smartly, rescinded his guilty plea. You may say, why did he plead guilty? There was a long list of reasons. He was being pressured. Um, I believe him, by the way. But he was not guilty of a crime. It's clear as day. Mike Flynn did nothing wrong. Mike Flynn was ruthlessly prosecuted by this out-of-control Justice Department. And his new attorney, Sidney Powell, has been just setting the world on fire um, and has said to Lieutenant General Flynn, you're going to rescind your plea. And not only that, uh, you're going to rescind your plea. And the general obliged, of course, they rescinded it. But we're going to start fighting back. And she put in a court filing yesterday. And in this court filing, ladies and gentlemen, there are some gems. I mean, some golden nuggets of information that it's a real shame real journalists aren't covering it. And let me preface it for you before we go to this break because I want to tell you what's ahead because you can't go anywhere. You've got to listen to the show on the phone, the app, the car radio, I don't care what it is. What if I told you and for my regular listeners, you've heard this before, because it's a theory of mine for a long time, and now I'm almost positive it's true. What if I told you that this entire Spygate thing from the beginning started with Mike Flynn, was about Mike Flynn from the beginning, morphed into a Donald Trump operation later on, and that the CIA under John Brennan was so determined to take Flynn out That they duped the FBI, who willingly took it. I'm not giving them a pass. I'm going to explain this. But they duped the FBI into opening up a FISA case to legally spy on the Trump team in order to make sure Flynn was taken out. What if I told you that? What if I told you that when you line up the evidence, the case is pretty crystal clear that they were using intelligence back channels to do it? If I told you that, it'd be pretty devastating, wouldn't it? I'm going to make the case for you and decide this break. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Dan Bongino with Mark Levin. You want to give us a call? 877 388.
1: The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. All right,
2: welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark. So here's what I want to get to in this block here. I want to talk about Mike Flynn. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Patriot. Man dedicated to this country. A man with a military resume. Just... When you read it, you you want to like pop up and salute. As many of you know, was the appointed initial national security advisor for President Trump, was let go just 11 days into the job after he came under relentless attack and assault from the deep state swamp, who targeted Flynn. And the question you must be asking yourself in the audience now, many of you, is why? Why was Mike Flynn? Targeted by the Obama administration, the deep state swamp rats that the left swears. It's a conspiracy theory, really? Because it's, it may be a conspiracy, but it certainly isn't a theory. Mike Flynn was definitely prosecuted for a crime he didn't commit. Just listen to the FBI's own words. Mike Flynn is being prosecuted for lying to the FBI in a case where the FBI who interviewed Flynn said he wasn't being deceptive. In other words, he didn't lie. Again, tell me what part of that is a conspiracy or a theory. And I'll give you a cookie. You can't. You're not going to get a cookie because you can't find what part of that is a theory. It's true. So you should be asking yourself, with this whole spy gay thing, the spying operation on Donald Trump, what's the nexus to Flynn? Did this start with Flynn? And why was Flynn such a target? And the answer is it did start with Flynn. Mike Flynn was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, the military correlate of the CIA. He was one of the most respected intelligence officials in the country. This was under the Obama administration, folks. That's right. Lieutenant General Flynn was an Obama administration employee, heading one of our elite intelligence agencies. Well, Mike Flynn became a problem for the Obama administration. And I'm bringing this up today because of a legal filing by his lawyer yesterday. I'm not just randomly pulling this out of a hat. That, again, got very little media coverage because they're desperately trying to make the Mike Flynn case go away unless they can rip his character to shreds. Mike Flynn became a problem for the Obama administration for a number of reasons. But let's get to the biggies. Big reason number one, Mike Flynn was warning the public, hey, this Iran deal is a really bad deal. Matter of fact, the Iranians, you know, the Death to America crowd, they're not kidding. The Iranians are not our friends. Mike Flynn, with a wink and a nod, these are not our friends, President Obama. Well, Barack Obama was having none of that. Obama loved to cozy up to the Iranians. This was going to be his signature landmark achievement, this broken Iran deal. So Flynn was a real problem for them on the Iran deal, number one. Remember what we're talking about here. Why did Flynn become a target? And what does this have to do with this Spygate operation on Trump later? It was originally a Spygate operation on Flynn that morphed into an operation on Trump. And now we've got the timeline pretty much down. So why was he a problem, number two? Number two, Mike Flynn refused to acknowledge, despite the Obama administration's protestations otherwise, that al-Qaeda was dead. Remember their re-election effort, Mr. Producer? You remember that? GM is alive and al-Qaeda's dead. Bin Laden's dead. They're finished. Al-Qaeda. We Ah, that wasn't true. Matter of fact, that still isn't true. And Flynn, as a senior leader in the intelligence community, a dedicated American patriot, was out there warning people that al-Qaeda was still a viable threat and was not, in fact, dead. Bin Laden may have been dead, but al-Qaeda certainly wasn't. That was another big problem for the Obama administration. They don't like dissent, you know. The Obama administration was full of liberals. And you know that whole tolerance thing? Yeah, that's not for, that's not for liberal. You know, we're tolerant, tolerant, the least tolerant people out there. But that wasn't even the biggest problem Flynn was causing for the Obama administration. The biggest problem was this little nugget. Mike Flynn had been pretty open with intelligence community members and anyone who would listen to him, that there was a growing problem in the intel community he was a part of. And that growing problem was weaponizing the intelligence community, not for intelligence gathering, but for political purposes. Folks, that may sound like a small reveal. It's not. I promise Flynn was big, big trouble for intelligence insiders in the Obama administration who were using intelligence assets and foreign back channels to not gather intelligence to keep the country secure, but to battle their political opponents. Case in point, I could give you a number of stories. I'm just going to give you one in the interest of time. I'm not sure how many of you remember when the Iran deal negotiations were going on. Do you remember the scandal that broke out It was rumored that Brennan and the CIA were spying on Capitol Hill staffers to see who was in and who was out on the Iran deal. There were rumors of foreign back channels to feed people information about who, what countries were supporting the Iran deal and what countries weren't. Ladies and gentlemen, there were rumors about information-gathering operations on domestic lawmakers. To see who was in and who was out. This is not intelligence for national security. This is political intelligence that was being gathered. Flynn had all of it. Flynn knew exactly where the bodies were buried, he knew where the unmarked graves were. Flynn was a problem. Flynn became a bigger problem when later Donald Trump took him under his wing and Flynn became an advisor. I don't mean to demean Flynn's experience in that way. I didn't mean to say it like that. It's poorly worded. Flynn's a patriot. Take him under his wing is kind of condescending. But helps him, you know, he joins the team. Flynn joins the Trump team, later becomes a national security advisor. And becomes a huge, epic, colossal threat to the Obama administration that now knows what? Oh my gosh. If Trump wins the election, which he later does and names Flynn National Security Advisor, Flynn knows where the unmarked graves are. We can't have this guy out there talking about the weaponization of the intel community. So what do they do? They double down, of course. And they weaponize the intel law enforcement community again to make sure that the Trump team is destroyed and Flynn in the process. Now, how do we know this? Well, if you follow some of the excellent reporting, I mean, actual reporting, not like the fake news reporting out there in the media, like The Hill and all with Bob Cusack and that failed operation. But The Hill, what a joke. The Hill is, is, uh, as a friend of mine, just DM me, they're trying to be Politico 2.0. You know, The Hill, they attacked John Solomon today uh, ruthlessly, their own reporter, because he exposed this Ukraine scandal with the Democrats. What a joke. I used to think Bob Cusack, over there was a good guy, embarrassed himself today, but Flynn knows where all the bodies are buried. Chuck Ross did some reporting at the Daily Caller. And we find out as far back as 2014, Mike Flynn is invited to a dinner over in London. And the people involved in putting on the dinner and the invites, shockingly, are some of the very same people alleged to be the big players in the Spygate dossier scheme on Donald Trump. Wow, what a shocker. Did you get the date right, Dan? Yes, I did. In 2014, Mike Flynn, an outspoken a, a guy sounding the siren, the clarion call. This Iran deal's a problem. The intelligence community's broken. We need to fix it. Back as far back as 2014, when Obama is still president, Flynn is targeted by some of the very same Spygate players spying on the Trump team later. Who? Well, again, Chuck Ross, The Daily Caller, is a piece. It's from a while ago. But in one of his pieces, if you just Google Chuck Ross, Daily Caller, Richard Dearlove, Stephen Halper, Christopher Steele, Flynn, put those names in there. You'll get all his pieces. There's a bunch of them. Sorry, I had an itch in my head. there. You'll see that a former MI6 spymaster for the UK, a guy by the name of Richard Dearlove, shows up at this dinner at in Cambridge with Mike Flynn, back in 2014. And the dinner, someone had a role in setting up the dinner, and that someone is Stefan Halper. Yes, the same FBI spy who was spying on members of the Trump team, Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. Wait, that same spy as far back as 2014 was working with former UK intelligence people at a dinner Flynn's invited to, where allegations of Flynn colluding with a Russian, Svetlana Lakova, start to emerge, who is, who is completely eviscerated these charges, by the way. Folks, Flynn was a target as far back as 2014. They wanted this guy out. Out. He had to be silenced. He can't talk. He'll blow up this whole thing the Obama administration was doing, using the intelligence community as their their pet political oppo research outlet. They can't have that. The problem is, at this 2014 dinner, where there's a Russian, uh, she's actually a UK citizen, Svetlana Lakova, but she was Russian-born. They start alleging, oh, Flynn was talking to this Russian. You start to hear whispers later on, a whisper campaign that, gosh, I think Flynn was engaged in some inappropriate behavior with that uh, Russian-born woman at the Cambridge dinner. All false charges, all made up. The Russian collusion thing, ladies and gentlemen, starts as far back as 2014. And Mike Flynn is public enemy number one for that. So now that we've got the background, that the same people, you may say same people, yeah, the same spy, Halper, involved in setting this dinner up, is the same spy spying on the Trump team later during the election. You may say, "Well, what's the connection to this guy, Dearlove, this former head of MI6, who's at the dinner with Flynn in 2014?" Mr. Producer, follow me. I'm going to need a. Uh, you're going to have to be the audience ombudsman, referee during the break here. Tell me if this makes sense. The same guy at the dinner, Richard Dearlove, happens to be very close with who? No way. The author of the dossier, Christopher Steele, he even vouches for him in the Washington Post. Oh, Steele, he knows a ton about Russia. This guy's great. He's so wonderful. We love Christopher Steele. And he works with Stefan Halper at Cambridge, where they work at this Cambridge Intelligence Seminar. Is it just possible that the Obama administration, in an effort to take out Mike Flynn, knowing they can't domestically spy on him due to laws against that type of thing, you know, the Constitution and all, that they were using foreign intelligence officials to circumvent U.S. laws, to try to tarnish and destroy the reputation of Mike Flynn? And that the operation only heated up when he started speaking out on behalf of Donald Trump and heated up a whole lot when he became the incoming national security advisor? I got to take a break. But on the other side of this break, I want to lay out a devastating timeline of how the CIA, knowing there's only so much they can do to gather intel on Flynn and tarnish him in the media. Remember, the CIA is not a law enforcement entity. They need this guy locked up and spied on. But they can't do it themselves. So I believe Johnny Brennan, this snake, lies and pushes the FBI through his political contacts to start this case. And I think the evidence is overwhelming. On what he did. When I give you the timeline next, it'll all make sense. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dan Bongino, Info for Mark Levin. We'll be
0: right back. Mark Levin.
2: Alright, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at the Bongino Twitter in for Mark. So we're talking about the Spygate thing. We were kind of joking in the break. I was watching. You ever watch Dave Portnoy, his pizza reviews? I can't get enough of them. One bite. Everybody knows the rules. If you've watched him, you know what I'm talking about. And he always eats the whole pizza. He never takes just one bite. What a genius idea. Eat pizza on camera. And get millions of views. It was great. Right? Mr. Producer, we're jealous we didn't think of it first. All right. But back to the serious stuff. I told you before the break, and I'm going to make this case for the rest of the show. The CIA under John Brennan put a bullseye on the back of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who was about to blow the whistle on the political weaponization of the intelligence community. And they were not going to let it go, ladies and gentlemen. And Mike Flynn's new attorney knows exactly that's what happened. And that's exactly the reason Mike Flynn is in court right now being prosecuted by DOJ folks who are desperate to shut him up. Now. Let's go through a little timeline. And as we're going through this timeline, hat tip, Sydney Powell and her legal filing yesterday. I want you to remember this key, key, critical month and date, August of 2016, and specifically August 10th of 2016, because some crazy stuff happens in August of 2016. That's the month the insurance policy text comes out. That's the month they start opening cases on people, the FBI, all of it based on this dossier. All of it. That is fake. It's garbage. It's an Aesop's fable. It's made up. But it's all designed to take out Flynn and by proxy, Trump and others as well. Now, why did Flynn have a target on his back? We went over that because he knew where the bodies were buried in the intelligence community and he had worked in the Obama administration. I believe he was about to blow the whistle on all of this. It's not a conspiracy theory. Flynn openly talks about it, how he knew what was going on in the intelligence community. Just listen to his own words. What, you know more than him? He was the head of the DIA. So in Sidney Powell's legal findings, she starts with this one day which is not August of 2016, but July 31st, right before August. And that's the date that the FBI opens Crossfire Hurricane, which is the FBI name for what I call the spying operation on Donald Trump, the formal spying operation. Now it's all legal. The FBI is doing it, wink it or not. CIA and their foreign partners have been doing it for a long time. Oh, you don't believe me? What, you didn't read CNN? Yeah, CNN has an article. You need me to read that headline? I've read it on the air a million times. British officials passed intelligence on Trump officials to the Obama administration. Yeah, that's a CNN article by Jim Schudo and Pamela Brown. It was it was it was openly reported on the public that the that the Brits were feeding information to the Obama administration on the Trump team. Wait, I thought that was collusion. No, not when Democrats do it. It's not. It's supposed to be celebrated when Democrats do it. It's only a crime when Republicans are alleged to be doing it and don't. But on July 31st, they open up Crossfire Hurricane. But, 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 there's a key date, August 10th, just 10 days into the next month. They open up cases specifically, Crossfire Hurricane's a blanket case against the Trump team. They open up cases specifically on August 10th against Paul Manafort, against Carter Page, and against George Papadopoulos. But they don't open up a case specifically on Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Wait, 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 Dan. Time out there, buddy. You told us Flynn was public enemy number one. That the CIA had a target on his back. Oh, they did. But the FBI needs information to open up a case on Flynn and they got nothing. When I come back on the other side of this break... I'm going to tell you something that magically happens on August 10th that's going to open your eyes. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dan Bongino.
1: Broadcasting broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our
2: leader, Mark
1: Levin. All
2: right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. You know, no matter how many times, <laughs> I'm not messing with you. no matter how many times I do this, I've done this in the past, when you come back from a break on Mark's show, there's this dead air moment. What is it, Mr. Producer, like four or five seconds? But you hear nothing. I don't know whatever it is. I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. Satellites linking in. Who knows? Flux capacitors connecting. Who oh, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the technical side. Yeah, all right. Exactly. And every time I'm like, uh-uh. did we disconnect? because everything's done over the internet, all that stuff, every single time. It only happens every break, every time I'm here, but I always, for that four or five seconds, my heart skips a few, just a few beats every single time. You think I'd learn my lesson, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? He's telling me. You're Not Right. I'm like, gosh, please tell me there's still there. All right. Getting back to the good stuff. So I told you before the break, the CIA wanted Mike Flynn, the CIA under John Brennan, they wanted Mike Flynn gone. Mike Flynn was about to blow the whistle on what the Obama intelligence community, not all of them, but some higher ups, had been doing not in the name of intelligence, but in the name of politics. Flynn was public enemy number one, and they had to make sure that he went away. Well, listen, it's not a Jason Bourne movie. There's there's only certain things they can do to Flynn. So what's the best way to make Flynn go away? Well, the best way to make Flynn go away is to work with your buddies to make sure he's fully discredited, labeled the conspiracy theorist, and never taken seriously again by the intelligentsia. And how do you do that when you're a Democrat administration? You work with your allies. Your allies? What do you mean? Foreign allies? No, I mean the media. Come on, your allies. You know, media, Democrats, same thing. You know the deal. I mean, the media are full-time liberal activists. I mean, you are you surprised by that? You don't take the media seriously, I hope. I mean, they only got wrong the two biggest stories of the century. They told us, Spygate's a hoax. Collusion's real. The story, of course, was backwards. Spygate was real and collusion was a hoax. But no worries. They got two of the biggest stories of our time wrong. So, back in 2014, they set up Mike Flynn. They send him over to this dinner over at Cambridge. He goes over this dinner where he's there with this Richard Dearlove, a former British spy master who's friendly with Christopher Steele, who later writes the dossier, who's also friendly with Stephen Halper, who goes on to later spy on the Trump team and also helps set up the dinner. And all of a sudden in the media later on, you start seeing these sprinklings of stories about how at this dinner, Mike Flynn could have been a Russian colluder. What better way to make an intelligence professional in the United States go away quickly than to allege that he's a traitor? Colluding with the Russians. Oh my gosh. The problem is, it was all bold. You can fill in the rest. Rhymes with hit. So, they're spying on Flynn, planting these stories in the media, and you know what? They're really not getting what they need to get done on Flynn. They need him totally destroyed. So, what better way to totally destroy Flynn if you're Johnny Brennan and the CIA? Then to get the FBI, remember the CIA is not a law enforcement entity, that's only in the movies, in the real world, they're an intelligence outfit, they have no law enforcement powers at all, what better way than to go get a warrant to spy on Flynn and make it, air quotes, legit, like we can use the law enforcement community to do that? Well, we can if we BS them and tell them we got a bunch of information that Flynn's colluding with the Russians, they could be guilty of treason, could be a traitor. Yeah. Okay. So Brennan's probably sitting there going, okay, we could tell the FBI that. I get that. But, um, aren't we going to have to prove that that's actually true? Because none of that actually happened. I've got an idea. Let's tell the FBI we've got a source. It's an unimpeachable source. It's a, this, this source is the most credible source we've ever had. And they're telling us. That Mike Flynn is a colluder with the Russians. Now, you may say, ah, Dan, you don't have any proof that the CIA somehow got that information to the FBI. I don't? Well, you would be incorrect again if you say that. Because John Brennan goes up to Capitol Hill in August of 2016. August, remember I told you, remember that month? In August of 2016, and he briefs the Gang of Eight. One of which was Harry Reid, Democrat hack senator, former senator from Nevada. He briefs Harry Reid on some information, which Harry Reid is then dumb enough, I'm not kidding, dumb enough to then put in a letter to who? Shocker, folks, the FBI. Brennan briefs Reid, Reid Reid then puts the information down in a letter. This is how dumb this guy is. Let's put our conspiracy in writing. He puts it in a letter to the FBI demanding they open an investigation into Trump because he surrounded himself with Russian colluders. And the information in that letter, ladies and gentlemen, is damning. We know it came from Brennan. But where did Brennan get it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that information exists in only one other place. The dossier. The Steele dossier, which is a compilation of memos put together by Christopher Steele, friend of Richard Dearlove, who invites Flynn to the dinner back in 2014 where Flynn's accused disingenuously of colluding with Russian-born Svetlana Lukova. Christopher Steele's dossier is where that information appears. But that's not possible, right? Because Brennan has said multiple times, ladies and gentlemen, even under oath, That the dossier wasn't the reason, and he said on TV multiple times he didn't even see the dossier until September. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible he didn't see the dossier until uh, December, excuse me, if in August, which Mr. Producer just fact-checked me here, August is before December, correct? August, December. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Much proud to be lost without you. Much obliged. So if... Brennan is briefing Harry Reid, who's dumb enough to put it in writing on what the briefing was about, in August, about information that's only in the dossier, then Brennan, who says he hasn't seen the dossier till months later in December, is clearly lying. For those of you who saw the Dave Chappelle episode, <laughs> can't say the rest. He's clearly lying. you see that one, Mr. Producer? Talking about juicy small A? Brennan was clearly lying. But why would Brennan be lying if the information in this dossier, Trump, the PP tape, they're colluding with the Russians, Mike Cohen, his lawyers in Prague, getting money to collude with the Russians to interfere in the election, to deal with WikiLeaks, if all of this was true, why would Brennan be lying about when he knew that information? Shouldn't he be proud? I found this information out early. I was. I caught Trump back in August and told Harry Reid about it. Why lie about it later, and say you didn't see it till after the election in December? Maybe because the information was bull. Mm, mm, rhymes with Pitt, and Brennan knew it the whole time. Brennan knew he was telling Harry Reid, who was going to pass on to the FBI, a bunch of colossal garbage, and was hiding where he got it from, a paid political opponent of Donald Trump, Christopher Steele, who was being paid by Hillary, and hid where he got it from to make it seem like it was really serious from a credible source. Matter of fact, we know now, thanks to the IG's report, Horowitz's report, We know that the intelligence officials that were dealing with this case in the intel community were very reluctant to give up who their sources were. Why? Oh, well, that's common tradecraft. Is it? In a case where you're spying on a presidential campaign and the FBI is mildly curious as to where you're getting your information from, are you sure that's the way you want to go about this? So here's where the case gets just fascinating. Fascinating. So they open up the case, the FBI, on July 31st, Crossfire Hurricane, the big blanket case the spy on the Trump team. But on August 10th, they specifically open up cases on Manafort, the FBI that is, Manafort, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page, but not Mike Flynn. Why not? Because they don't have anything on Mike Flynn. Well, what did they have on Manafort? Well, Alexandra Chalupa, formerly the DNC, is working with Ukrainians, yes, this is a fact, to gather fake information about Manafort in this fake black ledger, so they think they've got something on him. They think they've got something on Carter Page because the FBI is openly lying about his contacts with Russians, which were was Carter Page working for the CIA to contact Russians, but the FBI is altering emails to make it out like Carter Page is spying for the Russians. Yes, that happened too. So they think they've got a case on him because they're lying about it. And they think they've got a case on George Papadopoulos because the FBI finds out in the spring, contrary to what they're telling the public, that George Papadopoulos had this meeting with Alexander Downer in Australia and may have said this uh, Hillary's email thing. But what have they got on Flynn when they open up the cases on August 10th? They've got nothing. But the CIA needs Flynn in there. They need Flynn taken out. And I believe Andy McCabe, the deputy director at the FBI at the time, he doesn't like Mike Flynn either. So something happens on August 10th and a day later when the FBI doesn't open up a case on Flynn. Someone at the CIA, and I'm going to get to this after the break, probably says, Houston, we got a problem. The Bureau's opening up cases, but not on the guy we want. They still haven't opened up a case on Flynn, Brennan probably says, don't worry, I've got the perfect solution. And on the other side of the break, I'll tell you what that solution is. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. We'll be
0: right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, Welcome back to the
2: Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Just a quick note, folks, because I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just throwing it out there. If you be interested. If you've been listening to this whole thing, my revelations here about Spygate and what they've been doing here to Flynn, it's in my book, Exonerated. Uh, it's my second book on the topic. I wrote the book Spygate, too. But Exonerated covers a lot of this, how the Mueller probe tied into it and everything. So these details are there. They're out there. Just FYI, again, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm getting a lot of tweets, that's why. But getting back to my point here. So on August 10th, the FBI... Opens up cases against Paul Manafort, Carter Page, and George Papadopoulos, but not Mike Flynn, which probably has John Brennan at the CIA quaking in his boots because that was the whole point. We got to take out Flynn. He knows where the bodies are buried in the intel community. We can't have Flynn running around as an authority in the Trump administration, exposing all the devious crap we pulled with Obama. We can't have that. So what do we do? Well, what if we give the FBI more information on Flynn and say, hey, wink it or not, maybe you guys who opened up cases on August 10th against Manafort, Page and Papadopoulos, maybe you should open up on Flynn, too. Maybe if we gave you some more stuff, we'd make it easy for you. Well, golly, what shows up on August 10th, Mr. Producer Hold your horses, buddy. You're never going to believe this. On August 10th, seemingly like magic, after the FBI doesn't open up a case on Flynn, we a dossier memo appears, dated, shocker, August 10th, that says Mike Flynn has been corrupted by the Kremlin. They're paying for some of his visits and activities. <gasps> Whoa, what a coincidence, huh? Huh? How did that happen? CIA, John Brennan, you know they're getting information from Brits overseas who are spying on Mike Flynn for the Obama administration because the CIA can't do it themselves. Those same Brits know Christopher Steele, who produces the dossier for Hillary to attack Trump and Flynn. They push the FBI to open a case. They open a case on everybody but Flynn on August 10th. And then magically on August 10th, the same Brit that the same Dear Love and the other guys who targeted Flynn in 2014 are working with magically produces a memo for his dossier dated August 10th, which provides enough information, crazy, to at least get the FBI to say, wow, maybe we should give another look-see to this Flynn guy. Oh, but that's not it. Again, I want to hat tip Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's fine attorney. Excellent attorney. Fantastic attorney. Who put together this gem of a timeline in her court filing yesterday, defending Mike Flynn against this police state onslaught. But something else happens. Because I'm guessing that Steele's August 10th memo, otherwise known as one of the memos in the dossier, the FBI is probably reading this going, uh, this is some thin gruel. Listen, I am not. Capital N-O-T giving a pass to the FBI. I'll read to you some of their texts before the show is over about how they kind of are suspicious about this whole thing and they do it anyway. I'm simply suggesting to you the FBI has to go into court and an agent has to put up his right hand and swear that this information is true. They knew it wasn't true. They knew it was false. But they at least want to pretend for a minute it's true. Like, give us something, not just innuendo in a crap dossier about the pee-pee tape and stuff like that. So my guess is the FBI goes back to whoever their sources are, whoever's pushing them through John Brennan, because I'm not sure Brennan did it directly or did it through politicians, but they probably said, ah, we're going to need something more than this memo in the dossier. This is thin gruel. Well, wouldn't you know, Mr. Producer, get ready again. Today's just full of coincidences. He said, lay it on me, bro. Lay it on me. Something happens on August 11th, the next day. Because they needed to seal the deal and make sure the FBI was going to open up a case to spy on Mike Flynn, who knew where all the bodies were buried well because I don't want to start this and stop it before the break I'll tell you on the other side of the break what happened on August 11th but let me give you a little bit of a hint because I hate pieces I can't stand them even though they're good for radio ratings they drive me crazy you're like just tell us someone magically reappears and goes and talks to the FBI on August 11th and has a lot of information to share about the people involved in this case Wow, what another odd coincidence, huh folks? Crazy how that happens. I'm Dan Bongio, and for Mark we'll right
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong.
1: americans meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny call the mark levin show now at 877-381-3811 all
2: right welcome back to the mark levin show dan bongino filling in for the great one out of the bullpen we always miss him so as i was telling you before the break cia wants mike flynn john brennan can't stand mike flynn wants to take mike flynn out they've been targeting him as far back as 2014 They're pushing everybody and their mother to investigate Mike Flynn. They get the FBI to open up a case, but they won't open up a case against Mike Flynn. August 10th, they open up this case against Papadopoulos, Page, and Manafort, but not Flynn, and clearly Johnny Brennan and some of his intel people who don't like Mike Flynn are really annoyed. So, voila, what happens? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Christopher Steele... Collaborating with these Intel people who know, uh, know Brennan and know this, uh, know the American Intel people, produce a dossier memo on the same day, which conveniently names Mike Flynn. But that's not it. That may not have been enough. And Johnny Brennan and his Intel acolytes who want to make sure Flynn is taken out. They got to be darn sure the FBI opens up a case because, as I said, the CIA can't do it. They're not law enforcement. You got to destroy this guy. And what if Christopher Steele's memo dated August 10th? The same day the FBI doesn't open up a case against Flynn, doesn't. What if that's not enough? Someone's probably sitting around CIA with Johnny B saying, well, I've got an idea. Let's go to our go-to guy who helped us set up the 2014 dinner with Mike Flynn at Cambridge where we accused Mike Flynn of being a Russian collaborator. Let's go back to our buddy who's been spying on the Trump team the whole time, Stefan Halper. Now, this is, wouldn't it be just insane? If Stefan Halper were to show up the next day on August 11th after John Brennan freaks out because there's no case open against Mike Flynn, well, let's go to Sidney Powell, Flynn's attorney's legal finding, and let's find out what happened on... August 11, 2016. Okay, quote, August 11, 2016, the FBI agents met with Stefan Halper, source to a known CIA operative of questionable dealings, who was paid covertly through the Office of Net Assessment in the Pentagon. Whoa, isn't that crazy? What are the chances of that, Jack? That they need Mike Flynn, the intel community needs this guy guns, he's about to show you where all the bodies are buried? What the Obama administration was up to? The FBI doesn't open up a case. Christopher Steele magically appears on the same day. Look, I got some information on Flynn. Hint, you may want to open up a case. And if it's not enough, the next day, who shows up? Stefan Halper. The same spy spying on the Trump team to brief the FBI again. Was that about Flynn? What was he saying about Flynn? Or was it the same thing they were saying about that 2014 meeting? Flynn's colluding with the Russians. And the FBI, according to the Harvard's report, when they meet with Halper, they're just, ladies and gentlemen, put on your game faces, they're just stunned, the FBI, stunned, with a wink and a nod, that Halper seems to have information about all these people in the case, probably Flynn, too. They're just stunned. Stunned. This case is such colossal BS. Now, I'm going to take some of your calls. Some people have been holding for a long time. 877 381 if you'd like to call in. I will get to some of your calls, I promise. But I just want to wrap this up here because I started this by saying to you that it's clear to me, John Brennan and his CIA, not all of them, just this upper echelon folks who were involved in this, clearly wanted Mike Flynn taken out as far back as 2014. And I believe they lied to the FBI about who their source was. Their source for this entire line of garbage was this same British cabal, Dear Love, Steele, and Halper. It was the same people they were using in 2014, the same people they used to fabricate the Flynn stuff about Lakova. It was the same people they used to fabricate the dossier. But they couldn't tell the FBI that because Halper and Steele are working with the FBI, too. And the FBI is telling everybody, hey, look, we got this information from Halper and Steele that confirms what we got from the CIA. It confirms nothing. It was the same information, knuckleheads. You may say, come on, Dan, the FBI knew the whole time, did they? you sure? I'm not giving them a pass. They were highly suspicious. And by January of 2017, they've interviewed Steele sources, and they know it's bogus, and they still continue to investigate Trump anyway. They did get no pass at all. I'm simply suggesting to you that Brennan, I believe, was lying to them about him getting the information from Steele too, to make it seem like when Steele fed it to the FBI, it was confirmed. What's my evidence? Ah, oh, don't worry. What did you think I was going to say? Something without evidence? Come on. I'm not a liberal. We actually use facts and data here, unlike these liberal knuckleheads. I'm not like a, a journalist, air quotes. You know, they don't use evidence and stuff. We actually do that here. Let me read to you a text. In October, from Peter Stroke, who is the lead FBI investigator in this case, a text to his girlfriend, FBI lawyers, a lawyer Lisa Page. I say it's a text, folks, because it is a text, meaning he's texting his girlfriend. He doesn't think this is going to be read on the Mark Levin Show in February of 2020. This is not some ruse. This is him clearly in a private conversation saying things which you would assume would be true. He's not trying to hide it from the Mark Levin Show audience. He had no idea his texts were going to become public. Here is the lead FBI investigator talking to his girlfriend. I'll translate it for you. Don't worry in the end because it's a little complicated. But before I read it, the gist of this is him telling his girlfriend, I think we got duped by the CIA, just like I told you. Here's the text quote. When he says the reporting, by the way, he's talking about Steele's dossier. Stroke text. He says, we got the reporting on September 19th. Looks like blankets redacted. Got it in early August. Who is that? Looking at Blank's replies to me, it's not clear if he knows if and when he told them. But Blank and Blank talk with Blank. They're both good and will remember. It's not about rubbing their nose in it. I don't care if they don't know. I just want to know who's playing games, who's scared and covering. I totally get it. They'll never be provable. Whoa. Can I translate that for you? We got the dossier on September 19th, Stroke is saying. I think the CIA or whoever's feeding it to them got it earlier and are lying to us and making pretend this information they got on Trump. That's in the dossier they got from someone else, which means it's, wow, it's verified. Someone else said it too. It's the same person. But Stroke doesn't seem to care. He realizes something's rotten in Denmark that it's probably the same information everybody's pretending is different information or the same information from a different source corroborating it. It's the same guy. What else do we know? We know that Lisa Page, his girlfriend, who he's texting, on the record up on Capitol Hill, in an answer to Congressman Mark Meadows, good Republican who's leaving his position there, solid Republican congressman of North Carolina, is specifically asked the question if she believes Steele was a source for the CIA. And she responds, no, that would be unusual if he was. You may say she could be lying. She could. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think she was. It's the one time I think in this case she was genuinely telling the truth. Brennan was the puppet master here. They wanted Flynn taken out. The Bureau didn't open up a case on Flynn. They opened up a case on the other three. Brennan's probably pissed. Sends in Halper. Sends in another dossier from Steele. Pretends it's from some other source they have. It's from a source. We can't tell you who it is. He then sends the same sources, Halper and Steele, to go talk to the FBI. The FBI hears it again and goes, wow, this is the same thing we just heard from Brennan. All of a sudden in October, Peter Stroke starts to put two and two together Everybody starts to panic. Big trouble. Big trouble. Now it's all coming out. All right. I sent like a few calls. Ah. Let's see. Let's go to Sean. Is that Clipstown, Pennsylvania? Sean, are you still there? What do you got for us, buddy?
1: No, I was uh, um, going back to uh, kind of the beginning of the show there. I was going to say that I think that uh, uh, Bernie Sanders is absolutely an authentic uh, socialist. (laughs) Wait,
2: time out. I know exactly where you're going to go with this, but... Go ahead. Anyway, I know what you're going to say, but I know this is good. Go ahead.
1: He's the guy that says, you know, you know, in uh, smoke filled rooms, you know, socialist is for the unwashed (laughs) masses, not for us elites who are going to sit on top of the society and run the whole thing. And to me, there's nothing more authentic than a socialist who who has that position. And that's Bernie Sanders.
2: Sean, I I had tip to you, my brother. I, I stand corrected. You are. Sean is correct. I'm not messing with Sean or anyone else. Bernie is authentic. Sean is right. Authentic socialists are phonies by nature because they're never, it's never socialism for me. It's socialism for thee. So Sean, I want to thank you. I want, is it Clipstown, Pennsylvania? Is that right? Clipstown, PA. Yes, sir. I want to give a shout out to Clipstown, Pennsylvania. Sean has represented you well. Uh, Dan Bongino is apologizing. Sean is correct. Mr. Producer, can we go wipe that portion of the show out, please, and replace it with this segment on Luke. He is authentic. Sean, thanks for the call. You're correct. You are absolutely right. Bernie is an authentic socialist. Socialists are authentically frauds. They only want socialism for you, not for them. And that's what Bernie does. I, Folks, I'm sorry. Sean is right. Good That's an excellent call. That's why I took him first. Mr. Call Screener on fire today. We've only had two, but you are two for two. We had Liberal Kenny, who exposed liberalism for what it was before. That, of course, was great. He only got about five words out, but that's all we needed. All right, let's take another one. What do you think? Let's go to let's go to my old hometown. Let's go to Jimmy from New York. Well, Brooklyn. I was a Queens guy, but close enough. Jimmy, Jimmy, what do you got for us, buddy?
1: We're in, we're in a lot of trouble with the left, you know. You get one caller who sounds crazy, but when there's millions of them. They vote, and that's a problem. But there is a way the left could win. You caught me here. I was just coming back.
2: Ah, Listen, listen, Jimmy, take a breath, brother. It's only national radio, 9 million people listening. But, you know, listen, Jimmy, on the series, I've been doing this for a long time, and the reality is it's just me and you talking. There may be millions of people listening. But when I first started doing radio, can I take a point of personal privilege, Jimmy? I know it's your moment on the air, but I just want to throw this out there because I want to put you at ease a bit. When I first started doing radio, well, it was a little bit anxiety provoking because you're thinking, gosh, all these people are listening. And you know what the reality is, Jimmy? I'm sitting in my office up in my house in Stewart, Florida. There's nobody here. It's pretty quiet. I'm watching Fox and it's just me and you, brother having a conversation. The fact that millions of people are listening, it doesn't matter. And after a while, I started thinking about it that way. And that's the way I handle radio now. Got something to say? I'm going to say it. Now, Jimmy, now that we put everybody at ease, the airwaves are yours. What do you got to tell millions of listeners out
1: there? The left could defeat President Trump. The media said that Trump cut off all aid to our allies, the Kurds, who were holding ISIS terrorist prisoners. So being that the left, you got to figure who's against Trump, the Democrats, the media, some people, U.S. intelligence, the Russians, the Red Chinese, the KGB mafia, the drug cartels, terror groups, all of those people. That's a lot of power. All they have to do is get a couple of the ISIS prisoners who escaped from the Kurds, smuggle them into America, have them do a major terror incident. The media will blame that on Trump because if Trump didn't cut off aid to the Kurds, this wouldn't happen. That would move some swing voters to vote left, and they would win. Sort of like Oklahoma City helped Bill Clinton get elected.
2: Uh, it's possible. Well, Jimmy, thanks, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I don't mean to diminish your call or anything. It's just that's, I don't know, it's a little too many levers to pull from. Yes, there's no question the premise of what a lot of people think out there, Jimmy, as well, that, a lot of forces are allied up against Trump is real. I'm just not sure people are willing to, you know, engage in a terrorist attack to get rid of him. I'm not willing to say that. I'm not, definitely not think it would be irresponsible without evidence for me to say that. So uh, we don't have time. Maybe, maybe we could take one more after the break, right, Mister Producer? We can fit one more in because I feel bad. I didn't take any calls from the whole show. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I'll get to another call on the other side. As
0: though. Mark Levin.
2: All right, welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. Hey, folks, listen, I mean this. I really, really appreciate all of your feedback. It's always an honor to fill in for Mark. He is not just a friend, but I have been a uh, listener of Mark's show for, gosh, well over a decade now. And uh, it's always an honor to be here. I always like to thank the producer today and the call screener. You guys are great. Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener. I'm not sure if you're comfortable with names out there or what anymore. So I, But you guys did a great job. You gave me two great callers, Kenny and whoever that last guy, Jimmy, from Brooklyn was. We appreciate it. You guys are great. Thank you very much. And I uh, thank you for all the feedback on social media. Um, I do appreciate it. Me and Mr. Call Screener, they were talking shop about radio during the break, some of our radio catastrophes. Live radio is interesting. You know, my show is taped, so if we screw up, we're just like, ah, cut it out. We'll get back to it later. Live radio, it doesn't work that way. All right, let me get to one last call, then we're going to have to balance for the night. If you want to check me out later, I'll be on Laura Ingram's show, by the way, on Fox tonight after the Trump rally, commenting on what's sure to be another explosive rally. Let's go to, oh, whoa, let's go to Donna. I got to take Donna. Donna and Frederick Merrill. Donna, how are you? You always call. How's everything going? Hi, Dan. I'm doing very well. Thank you. You covered so much ground today. And I want to say with respect to the
1: assisted suicide that uh, mayor, former Mayor Doonberg was referencing. Yeah, it disgusts yeah. me to no end. I've got veterans that are in my family that are well in their 90s, and they deserve so much better, and we all have to look after them. And then my second point is um, a wise person once
2: said, the media is all sound bites and snapshots. And I've got a snapshot in my mind. Wow. Um, a really wise about- person said that. That that yeah, person's okay. so smart. Who said that? That person's a genius. Who said that? <laughs> Yours truly. Oh, dear i <laughs> I'm just messing with that. That's my line. Thank you, Donna. Though that's really sweet of you. That is my line. Politics is snapshots, uh, snap, <laughs> snapshots and sound bites. I always got that's really funny. I mean, that's a whole other story. I'll have to get to it another time. But, no, I I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, I got to run, Donna, but I do want to get, I want to kind of talk about something Donna said quick before we get off the air, because I only got a minute left. Donna's right. Bloomberg's lying about a 95-year-old person who you're going to send home and not treat for prostate cancer because they've lived a long life is a disgrace. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know out there, that was our greatest generation. These are the men who stormed the beaches of Normandy. Your freedom and liberty is thanks to them. They built this country. The buildings you reside in, the farms you eat your food from, the very freedom and liberty that enables you to speak freely, practice your religion, assemble and petition the government in this wonderful place we call America, was a gift from them who were willing to put their lives on the line to preserve it growing up in a much harder time than we have now. These were children of the Great Depression. These were the warriors who stormed those beaches of Normandy. For Mike Bloomberg to tell them all, because you're 95, we're going to send you home from the hospital and just kind of let you die peacefully because you've led a long life is a disgrace. And it's epidemic on the left right now. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino, filled in for Mark Levin tonight. Always appreciate the opportunity. I'm sure I'll see you all soon.